Hello, and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is Kyle Malden. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's culture, history, and future trends. What's up, bro? What's up, Eric? How we doing? Doing really well. How are you? Dude, it's, a, it's been a great week. It's been a great week. Today was beautiful weather um, here in Nashville. It was. It helped that it rained a little bit. It did. Dude, pulls the humidity out of the air. Love it. Love a good summer rain. There's nothing quite like it. Um, I would say one would say, uh, you know, we're back and better than ever. You could put it that way, if one chose to. I've heard it before, um, and you know, seems to work out. Seems to work out. Seems to work out. Um, how uh, how are things? Yeah, things are really good. I'm really excited for this episode. Life's good. Yeah, life's good. Sweet, yeah. sweet. Dude, doing uh, getting big. Getting big. You yeah, know, I've got I've got uh vacation coming up so I gotta you do you our, our boys going to uh, Spain uh-huh. yeah that's right it was, it was originally Italy but then you switched uh-huh. to Spain that's exciting it's exciting gotta carve up carve up old body I know. don't know what I'm gonna do I don't know what I'm gonna do uh, we'll have to see are you uh, gonna miss me uh, eh, maybe <laughs> we'll see maybe for like a day you know uh, I'll miss you I will have <laughs> I appreciate that <laughs> I'll have the whole house to myself, so, uh, you know, might throw some parties. Yeah, it's a, just watch some old school. I did. Start a, start a frat. <laughs> start a frat. My boy Blue. <laughs> My boy Blue. Um, dude, CrossFit competition went well. Went well. That's right. That was a, that was a week ago. That was a week ago Yes, tomorrow. Eric, tell us about your CrossFit yes, competition. Yes, I, uh, it was tough. It was phys- I mean, obviously it was physically challenging, but uh, yeah, it was it was a long day. It was four events in what like it was from uh, from ten to four, 10 to four, so six hours. So pretty in- high intensity and a short amount of time. Yeah. So, but no, I, I dude, I enjoyed. I do another one um, once I once I keep going. Yeah. Once I get the. Uh, get the good old body f- a little more fit. <laughs> A little more fit. No, there was a dude who was running barefoot. Yeah. I, he was barefoot. I saw that. Almost the entire time. That is wild to me. It was wild. It wasn't It wasn't so surprising, though, because I have I have read some stuff on how, like, traditional athletic shoes um, are actually, like, not damaging to your foot, but they have... We've worn them so much that they've started to create. They have started to shape our foot and make us run in a way that might not be the best way to do things. And so uh, there's kind of a movement going on to where companies are creating shoes. Um, This isn't an endorsement, but there's a company called Vivo Barefoot that creates shoes that are um, more attune to your foot's natural shape mm. mm-hmm. it's not a sponsorship but if Vivo Barefoot wants it to be then we if they hear this I'm all down yep yep world we live in pod DM 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 us but um but I mean if you think about it it kind of makes sense oh yeah absolutely I mean dude I squat I yeah. squatted barefoot and it, it actually felt really good yeah. I haven't done it in a while but it oh. I mean, dude, and also you have so many you have so many nerve endings on your feet. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an extra perception. Oh, it, it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. And when you're and when you're running like with, or even when you're walking without any shoes, you have to be careful where you walk. It's it's more of a conscious act, if you will. 
the, 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 my biggest fear with running without shoes is, I mean, obviously one like glass or yeah. like nails, but yeah, yeah, also yeah. like stubbing your toe. I know, that would hurt like a bitch. Yeah. I would not run barefoot. I would get one of those shoes. It's one of those shoes. Yeah, one uh-huh. of those Vivo shoes or there's a couple other pairs that I've seen and that people have talked about, so. I will say that's a pretty CrossFit thing to, it, like us, like, a, know. you know what I, I know, mean? I know. <laughs> Shoes are bad for you, man. Shoes are so bad, man. You should just, like, not do that. You should, like, go barefoot and just, dude, live out of your van, man. When you're, when you're barefoot, you, uh, you're more in touch with the earth. I just wanna, <laughs> I just wanna feel the earth <laughs> under my toes, man. Like I just wanna, just wanna be. <laughs> I just wanna be one with the earth, brah. Oh man. So yeah. Yeah, that was. That's uh... what I'm gonna do. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, but um, on a different note. Um, still under the nature umbrella, we, uh, I came across an article about, um, a python eating a woman. Yes, uh, you did. This has been in the the news this week. Have you seen it? I shouldn't say I, I just, I just pulled the article. Have you seen this article this week? This one? Yeah. Uh Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. It's been popping around. Yeah. Yeah. This one's from Nat Geo, and uh, I guess <laughs> they just ate her. It's pretty. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Um, pretty scary though. So this this took place in Indonesia, and a fifty four year old woman was checking on her vegetable garden, mm-hmm. and was ambushed by a twenty three foot panther. Jesus, is that like as long as our hallway? Not. Not a panther. Not a panther. Um, a python. Now that would be badass. Classic mix up. <laughs> twenty three. So she she was ambushed by a twenty three foot python. Mm-hmm. Um, dude. I mean, dude, snakes doing snakes things. So I mean, the biter, you know, when snakes bite mm-hmm. you, or at least this python in the article, it said it, it almost immediately like stops your heart. Happens super quickly. You know, they open up that jaw, swallowed her whole. I mean, dude. So the people in this village, they obviously, this woman went missing. The police were called. They found mm-hmm. the the python nearby, killed the python, cut it open, and found the woman's body in the snake. I mean, hole, because snakes don't have teeth. Yeah, they just, so they just, they just swallow shit. That's nuts. I've heard, I've never heard of a 23 foot, a 23 foot python before, though. I've heard of like f- pushing the high teens, mm-hmm. twenty three feet, dude. That's when, nuts. When people like twenty three, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, like a basketball rim is ten feet. That's that's my frame of reference. So uh-huh. I'm thinking like two basketball feet or two basketball hoops, twenty feet, and then add like on, a little more. Add on like a yardstick. That's nuts. That's nuts. I mean, that's a, that is a pretty big animal to be slip just like slithering just around, just hanging out, just lurking in the in the darkness. Um. So the, this this article kind of talked a little bit about uh, snakes and how they are. I don't know. Um, I don't want to say like kind of greasy animals, but they are like they 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 hide. They don't hunt their prey. They kind of just wait for it to go by their path, and they're they're ambushed like hunters. Yeah, they are. You know what I mean. So it's not like you can kind of see it coming. It's just bam, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it does talk about how like humans. There's some. If it, it feels like there's some innate human response to snakes, and like almost like a defense against snakes they do mention that they talk about that which I've heard before I've also heard about spiders there's like an innate human fear of them um 
which I think is interesting. Maybe like way back when. I mean, you said to, well, I mean, it makes sense. I would say evolution would teach us to. Yeah. Yeah. And we've just dealt with snakes for so long. I mean, dude, snakes are one of those animals that I feel like have been around forever. They have. I mean, almost. They're like based. Yeah. I mean, they're like crocodiles. I would say they're basically like dinosaurs. Yeah, they're like dinosaurs. Um. So python attacks are pretty rare, um, but they they pythons are known to eat um, mammals, not mammals, meat eat uh, animals up to the size of like deer. So they're used to consuming like really big. Mm-hmm. I mean, they also eat birds and like rodents and stuff, but they can consume like bigger game, if you will. What? Um... What drives, what do you think drives a python to swallow something that big? It's hungry. It just hasn't eaten in a long time. <laughs> it hasn't found any little uh, in-between snacks. Dude, I guess, I guess not. I mean, the video of this, dude, is crazy. So they, they, they bite you to yeah. stop your heart and then wrap around you to stop like blood flow and breathing. It's cra- it's crazy. It is it's it's really crazy. How I mean, so like I said, python attacks are pretty rare. So when it does happen, it's like kind of shocking, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's to a human. Because yeah. I mean, we're not used to animals just consuming people whole. <laughs> I imagine that that feeds that python up. F- for like several days. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like the python has no self control. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. Uh... It's just like I'm. Gonna, it's like it's like if you see like a extra large pizza covered in like oh. covered in like pepperoni sausage, and you just eat the whole thing, and then you immediately regret it. I wonder if that's the thing. Like never that, done that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't know anything about that. It's almost like does this thing. Does this thing eat it? It eat it ate the woman, and then about like thirty minutes later, it's finally swallowed the whole woman, and it, the woman's just lying in its innards, and it's like, oh damn, oh shit, why did I do that? Probably shouldn't <laughs> have done that. Probably regret that. Um, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I don't think. I'm going to say I don't think so just Mm -hmm. because they don't have teeth. So they don't have a choice. We can stop eating the pizza. We can't stop eating, yeah. The snake can't stop halfway through. (laughs) Be like, oh, well, this is, I'm just going to have, you know, the legs. I'm going to bite her off here. Legs feed the wolf. Yeah. It's, legs feed the wolf, but the full body feeds the snake. Yeah. Oh, proverb. Yeah. A little proverb from Kyle. Yeah. I know I tend to agree with you. There's a there's a video on uh-huh. this uh, on this website yeah, explaining explaining how snakes' jaws work and how it expands. Oh, it's unbelievable! They can expand in pretty much any direction, oh, like what, horizontally and vertically. Vertically, yeah. I mean, dude, to swallow a deer, do you know how big your mouth has to get? <laughs> to swallow That's, a deer, it, it's it'd be like Shaggy and Scooby, like on the cartoons when they they fit oh, like, you think, like a uh, whole. That's basically yeah. what snakes do. That's, that's reality for snakes. Damn. That is wild. Um. Yeah. So this this happened. Apparently, these attacks are increasing because humans are encroaching on. Uh, like deforestation and and snakes yeah. like habitats and stuff. So, snakes are fighting back. When you are around more snakes, you're more likely to get bitten. Sort of like snakes on a plane. <laughs> have you seen snakes on a plane? Have I have? Not one of um. I'm oh god dang it! Not one of what's his face is better better works. Uh. It's Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I, I get, yeah, it is Samuel yeah, Samuel L. yeah. Although, granted, with all the stuff he's done, he could do just about anything, it doesn't really matter. He's, he's that level of an actor. But, snakes on a plane, but not on a plane. God. Just snakes. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about you, but snakes are one of the animals where it's just like, the fact that people have pet snakes, like, no, 
No, there's no excuse for that. There's no, <laughs> there's excuse. no excuse. No excuse for a pet snake. I'm sorry, there just isn't. I uh, someone I don't know if this is true, but someone told me once that snakes. You know how dogs are like affectionate and they're like super affectionate, mm-hmm. and you know cats can be affectionate too. They can yeah. But that reptiles don't have that type of like loyalty in mm, them mm. and that's why some snakes like end up killing their owners because they Dude. you know what I mean uh, like again I don't know I don't know if this is true but I could it makes sense no one's ever domesticated a snake no I'd say they're still like wild yeah one of the, they're one of the animals that you just don't you don't there's no reason to it, it offers us nothing. It sends shivers down my spine, man. <laughs> the fact that people... They, the, the people just have sna- snakes just, just, dude, just slither around their houses. Yeah. Like, what... Where did you think it was a good idea to put a snake in a contained, enclosed environment? What about that animal made you think that that was a good idea? And then it comes over, it comes and kills something, and you're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I feel like it happens all the. I can't say all the time. I would but say it happens. It I is. Mean, it is definitely one of those like recurring news stories you hear. Uh huh. Yeah, that a pet, whatever, boa constrictor, strangled the dog. Oh no! Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Can you imagine waking up? I was gonna say. I was just about to say. And that thing is on your floor, the- just. The dog, the dog's gone, and there is just this lump in your pet snake. Yeah, that you... looks like a dog. <laughs> no. The man. other thing about snakes that freaks me out is that once it consumes that, it, it first of all it just sits there and basically digests. Mm-hmm. But that its body can expand to that size. That's crazy. How as well. b- yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what? How big are snakes? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is that? Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, dude, 23 feet, you think you could, I mean, you can fit, that's, you can fit a few humans in there. I don't know. I don't like that. No, I, I don't either. Not my snakes. Not. And those not, snakes are my about, snakes. No, no, zero snakes. Zero snakes are what I want. Uh, not even. Yeah. Not about that. Oh, well, a little transition. Oh, question for you. Yeah. Snakes or spiders? Oh, shit. Some people have pet spiders too. <laughs> yeah, dude. The one thing I might hate more than snakes are spiders. Oh, really? Yeah. If I if I was if I was hard pressed to choose, I would have to choose snakes. As much as I just smacked snakes for like ten minutes, I'm gonna have to go with snakes over spiders. I agree. Dude, spiders just do. I think about them and like don't want to like be in a room. Yeah. The land octopus. Is that what they call them? (laughs) The land octopus. Some people. Some people. (laughs) Prove me wrong. Did did we talk about that that article or that... um, It wasn't an article. It was a... It was a a paper that came out about the idea that octopus might be um, from outer space. Uh, no, we have not discussed we this. You, we did. You brought it up briefly. I think I brought it up. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Interesting idea. Dude, o- octopi are crazy. They're crazy. They they, they can change. They can like alter their DNA. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but anyway. Um, I wonder, just really quickly, yeah. what type of like mental function or mental capacity you have to have to alter your DNA. <laughs> anyway, just that that's all. Yeah. Like what type of level of concentration does that take? <laughs> Ooh, <excuse me. laughs> um, more than any human has. More than I have. Yeah, I mean far beyond what I have. My mental capacity is like a minimum. Um... Also from Nat Geo, um, love Nat Geo by the way. He's not, not an endorsement, but not an endorsement. Could but be that'd be sick. Um, so I came across this today. It's about this this small region on the border of Estonia and Russia. 
So Estonia is basically west of Russia. Um, it's, it's a pretty small country. Yeah, pretty small country. It sits on um, the Gulf of Finland. Um, the capital is up on the coast of the Gulf of Finland. But this, um, this area is... It's about like three-fourths in Russia and a fourth in Estonia, uh-huh. roughly. And what this is, is it's this area of this ethnic minority called the Setos? That's what I thought. Setos? Setos. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's an indigenous ethnic minority of just a few thousand people from Setoma. Um, probably pronouncing that wrong. I'm sure there's an emphasis somewhere, but it's a small region nestled between southeastern Estonia and northwestern Russia. And um, they have maintained their cultural traditions for centuries despite, I guess, outside pressure. And um, they have an ancient polyphonic singing which is recognized by the UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage List. Um, so, yeah. Basically, these this group of people have preserved their culture uh-huh. for I'd, a long time. I'd say that's pretty rare considering uh, where it's located. Yes. It's not like it's an untouched culture in, you know, the Amazon or, exactly. you know, on an island. Like, these these people have been through multiple border changes and wars. Mm-hmm. You know, Russia doing Russia things and expanding and contracting and, you know, being the, the USSR and then, you know, like, you know what yeah. I mean? And these people were able to kind of put up some walls and maintain their culture over a couple hundred years yeah when it says their greatest threat is the border between Russia and Estonia um, traditionally uh, it says that it has been more of a suggestion than a demarcation that divides the Setos it says the border shifted multiple times over the 20th century, a span that saw two world wars, the rise and fall of the Soviet Union, and the early stirrings of the European Union. So from that perspective, it's kind of nuts that this that this group of peoples is still functioning, considering all the turmoil that the um, late Soviet Union has seen. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy that they still have kept their, uh, their area. Um... I did so. There's there's about fifteen thousand people that mm-hmm. are a part of this, I guess kingdom. Yeah. Um, their flag probably rates on a on a top five scale for me. Huge fan, <laughs> huge fan of the flag. Ah uh, yes, this is nice. This is very nice. Um, yeah. I mean the these people they are uh, Orthodox. Russian Orthodox. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Eastern Orthodox Church. Um. I would be I'd be really curious to know what exactly drove them to separate. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Just with the Cedo uh, national anthem. This is the anthem. So, um, I believe this is related to their that, uh, the, that singing that I was mentioning earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just a real just a little clip right here. Kind of reminds me of like a, kind of reminds me of something you would hear in like, um, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. It's very uh, it's very rhythmic uh-huh. and like almost lullabyish. I, w- I was gu- I was gonna say a, uh, um, absolutely. It's very soothing. I can't find the word for it. Yeah, the, it, it, it is hard to describe. The, it, the pictures on the website 
Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like these people don't really use technology. No. They that's very true. um there's pictures of them bathing uh in a river, uh hanging their clothes out to dry, so like no washing in the snow. Shrek it's pretty cold there as well. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> dude, frigid. Um, dude, books, you know, it, I don't there's no like televisions or mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that so yeah yeah I just uh, I mean yeah the story is pretty straightforward um, but I just always think it's super fascinating when these 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 peoples um, hold hold close their ancient roots and are able to maintain them dude absolutely the article does cite that the uh, the population is declining Mm-hmm. I feel like that is kind of unsurprising as the world shrinks and yeah. By that I mean we with the internet and stuff like that, people, uh, you know, it's easier to connect to people across the world. For sure, the For world's sure. not as big as a as it used to be. It is not. It's crazy to me that you could like commit a crime and then just like. In the United States, <laughs> yeah. and then travel west and be like a different person. We talked about this, yeah. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could do that in Russia. I bet you could do that in Russia. I mean, was it Russia covers like th- it's like 13 time zones? I think it's 13. Is it 13? Yeah, I, I thought I've heard 13 before. Yeah, but yeah, very natural life. Um, Russia has 11 time zones. 11. Still, that traditional is, dress. That is wild. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, traditional. Yeah. Yeah, they keep their traditional dress. Um, so yeah, that, I guess that just goes along with the traditions that they've that they've held. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I feel like for as much as they've like endured, I guess, considering um, all the like rise and fall of the Soviet Empire and all, all that, I feel like I feel like they've been through the tough part. You know what I mean? Dude, probably. Like yeah. nothing's really stopping them now. Besides, I'd say like themselves or like technology. Yeah, you know, pe- people leaving to go elsewhere probably lead a simpler I, I, I can't say simpler this life looks pretty simple you know farming stuff like that maybe just wanting more I, I was gonna say like a less yeah there there is there is something like these these people looks like they have a lot of leisure time you know painting mm-hmm. bathing in a river you know less efficient than for sure you know what I mean sure. but there is there is it's a hardened life you know, it going out and and having to try to hang your clothes out in the snow to dry them, like yeah. that's tougher than just throwing the old washing and drying. You know, the washer dryer. Good old controlled climate. Yeah, is definitely not for the faint of heart. No, you have to. I feel like you have to grow up in that environment. It'd be right, like it's almost it's almost too difficult to transition to and make like a permanent change. It would be yeah, yes. It would be tough to be thrust into that and just kind of take it. Yeah, that that would be tough. That'd be tough. But would you, (laughs) if if you were given the option to pick up? And move. Pack your bags. You're going to southeastern Estonia. With a guarantee that you would have no worries. You wouldn't have to worry about anything. Dude. You wouldn't have to worry about money. Finding a wife. I mean, right, that's... I mean, that's the life that this... Like guarantees. Yeah. I. 
I want to say no. Like, <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But it do, like it does sound nice. It does. It does Not having nice. any worries. At the same time, the snow, the cold would probably get to me. <laughs> <laughs> the cold would definitely get to you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'd say that would be my number one, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, drawback. Mm-hmm. If you said, would you go to, like, South America? Yeah. Or, like, Africa? Like, maybe. I could. Maybe I could do that. Maybe you could do that. Southeast Estonia, though, Whew. which is like, I mean, again, like, or also Russia. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I don't know. I'm not that hardened. <laughs> yeah, just just I grew, uh, up, say I grew up in LA. Like, yeah, not, you know, not it's, very it's, hardened. It's like sixty degrees. Sixty degrees is cold. <laughs> not negative sixty degrees. No, that's for sure. I was gonna say the um. The Russian people are tough people. Have to be. You have to be. Have to be. They've endured a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When most of your country is like mountains and ice, <laughs> you don't have much of a choice to uh, kind of just toughen up and yeah. take one on the chin and enjoy your vodka. Kind of like the Starks. How bad are you fiending for Game of Thrones? See, I'm, I saw I saw a little poster, poster a teaser poster today, and just about like ran around the house. Yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm definitely not ready for it to be over, but I'm ready to see the conclusion. I'm ready to see how they've done things. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, we're uh, we're we're pretty big, big Game of Thrones guys. Yeah, yeah. Big throne guys. We love the throne. Huge throne guys. Watch the throne. Also, big watch the throne guy. Yeah. Right here. That's that's good. That's a good one. Um, okay. A little transition again. Um, so I was <clears throat> I was reading through Dark Lore to try and find a story for today. Mm. Uh, nothing really caught nothing really like tickled your fancy. Felt good. Yeah, nothing like a Richard Shaver mystery or a uh JFK conspiracy, um, classic, classic. But I did come across. Um, so I was reading. Um, what would it be? I guess it'd be. It's not this one. So I guess it'd be. Edition nine, the ninth edition of Dark Lord, and um, <clears throat> I was reading this article, and the reason it caught my eye, um, it was so it's about the art or not the article, um, the. the chapter in there if you will um, is about English magic and kind of like the history of kind of the English folkloric scene um, and there was a book um, by Susanna Clark who is a British um, a British author and it had to do with um, the book is about English magic and um the name is escaping me now, but the characters are Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, and uh, I guess that's the name of the book. I've not read the book, but they did a Netflix. They put it into Netflix, and I really enjoyed that. So I was reading this article in there, and the author basically is... Talking about how some of the uh, sources Susanna used for writing um, talked about um, sort of like a folkloric English setting. And um, one of the stories that is included in there is about a man named um, Richard Dad. And so he was a British um, artist in the 1800s, and his paintings um, depicted, uh, well, I should say one of his more famous paintings depicted um, basically fairies. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, this painting is called The Fairy Feller's Masterstroke. And he has an interesting story. Um, so 
this, the, in 1842, he was a promising young artist that had studied art um, in England, and um, he went on a tour of the East, and he was um, he was following a man who he was basically documenting his travels, uh-huh. and um, he he was in. Egypt and he had um, this experience where he said that he made contact with an Egyptian god and he also thought the Pope had a personal vendetta against him Um, so he kind of he kind of well he didn't kind of he pretty much started having these delusions and so this happened on his journey and on his when he got back he was staying with his family um, and in 1843 he stabbed his father to death and he believed that his father was not actually his father he thought he was some stand-in double that had occupied his father's body so, um, he managed to avoid capture, but then he escaped to France, um, was caught in France outside of Paris, and he was extradited back to the UK, and he spent the rest of his time in an insane asylum. That is called, uh, cap, 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 grass, cap grass? Capgrass delusion. Capgrass delusion is a psychiatric disorder in which a person holds a delusion that a friend, spouse, parent, or close family member has been replaced by an identical imposter. Wow. Damn. Have you heard of that before? Not the technical term. Uh huh. Yeah. That was was a good search by you, though. Thank you. Well, I knew, so I learned about this in in psychology. Uh Um, Humble brag. <laughs> Pretty educated. Um, but I was like, that would be crazy if you, right, so this guy went on this journey, mm-hmm. um, came back, and you just like, you re- you recognize your family as your family, like you know that that is them physically, but you don't see any... You don't believe? Right, like you don't believe it's them or have any like emotional feelings yeah. towards that person, but you... You physically see that it is them. Man, that's nuts. What a like, what a weird, uh, yeah. like psychological. It is. You know what I mean? This is a crazy. Also, if you're from England in this time, and there's like not really a lot of, there's hardly any media. Uh-huh. How crazy is it when you end up in Egypt? Oh, dude, you're like, oh how God. how much is your head spinning? Well, and at that point, the British Empire was massive. It was massive. Yeah, your head. Yeah, I mean, your head had to be spinning, just losing it. Um, so, Dad was um, admitted to London's Bethlehem Asylum, which is better known as Bedlam, and um, he was also housed in what is today the Imperial War Museum, um, and later. Uh, in Broadmoor, where he died in 1886. Interestingly enough, though, um, his painting uh, that I mentioned earlier, the Fairy Feller's Masterstroke, was painted while he was housed in the asylum. And um, it's interesting because it took him... I believe um, in Dark Lore it said that it took him nine years to paint this. And it was almost as... It says as if... It was almost as if he was painting it to extreme detail to prove that he wasn't actually crazy. Uh Like what he was painting was something that he'd witnessed. Right. 
Um, and actually in the painting, his dad is painted into the painting. No way. Wait, almost, why did, why did, oh, cause he had the crabgrass mm-hmm. solution. And almost as if the painting depicted his dad somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, You see what I'm saying? So, it is crazy to me that, like, you said it took him nine years to paint. Mm-hmm. To have the same vision for nine years of, on, like, the same piece of art. Yes. I know. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Did you dab? I did. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So two things. Um, in the in the dark lore in the dark lore um, story, it was using this using this um, this experience of dad as as a almost like an anecdote to say that um, what well, was using the fairy. It was using the fairy um, idea. That that was prev- that is prevalent in Susanna's in Susanna Clark's novel, but it was also talking about how even though he was in a mental asylum, that his artwork was extremely detailed and uh-huh. just brilliant. So uh, along with this picture, uh, Dad wrote a poem uh-huh. uh, called it. So it goes it goes with the. With the picture, okay. you know, it's like a dual thing. Um, wrote a long poem by the name of Elimination of a Picture and Its Subject, called The Feller's Masterstroke, in which each character, each of the characters appearing is given a name and a purpose. Each of the characters in the painting. Uh-huh. Wow. So it's... Uh, That's nuts. Some cover art, if you will. I mean, Yeah. I mean, if you want to get if you want to get even crazy, it maybe it's like he was painting something he'd seen and that he actually witnessed what he's been painting. I mean, like you said, it's it is crazy that he did it in such detail to almost prove that this was not a joke. It's exactly what a crazy person would say. Oh, is it? It is. It, it, it is well, I'm gonna uh, on on our on our website. I'm gonna post the picture of the artwork if you're interested. Because it is it is wild. It is, the detail is extremely. Um, actually, I, it's so. It's not like uh, if you're familiar with if you're familiar with. Um, if you're familiar with European art, it's not like a, it's not like a Vermeer or it's not like a, some of those Dutch paint. Are you you know you uh-huh. know what I'm some of those Dutch painters that like the detail is insane. Yeah. But what it is is there's just a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on in here. Um, and yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe there is this other, this other realm that we uh, we don't know about. Maybe it takes a little little craziness to uh, a little craziness to unlock to experience. But so yeah, I just that was kind of like a, I had something I had I wanted to look at dark lore, but then this popped up and I was like, oh wow, this is like a side story that I think is really interesting. So wow, there's a there's a Queen song that's called the the Fairy Feller's Master Stroke. Oh, it's on Queen too. Is it really? It is. Yeah, wow. You're talking about like Queen, like... Like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, queen. like Freddie Mercury Queen. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the more you know. I'm sure they did some crazy stuff. For those of you, yeah, for those of you that don't know, uh, there's a movie coming out called Bohemian Rhapsody about Freddie Mercury's life. There's a movie, yeah. Um, looks pretty good. Um, Just a side note. Yeah, dude, that looks really good. I definitely we're seeing that. Didn't we see we saw the trailer when we went to see Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen Solo, I, I Okay, okay, just a side note. <laughs> I don't know what all the hate is about about the new Solo movie. I thought it was brilliant. 
I loved the guy that played Solo. I loved... Um, Don Glover. Don Glover playing uh, Lando Calrissian and uh, the woman from Westworld. I can't remember her name. She was in it briefly. Uh, Mabel. I don't know, but Amelia Clark's remember. in it. Yeah, Amelia Clark's in it and Woody Harrelson's in it. Huge. I and mean, what else can you ask for? It was a, I, I think people's expectations were too high. Like I well yes I agree with you. Also I think there's a lot of traditionalists out there that just kind of. Which is understandable. I totally get that. I, I though, I didn't... I grew up like half in to the Star Wars uh-huh. You were born in 1968. So you Not were like 10 of. by the time Star Wars... No? I okay. don't think so. Yeah, I yeah. don't think so. As far as I can remember, I could be reverse aging though. That would be like perfect timing if I were Benjamin Button. There you go. Yeah. Right at the beat. Yeah, right. At, there you go. It'd actually, it'd be ideal. I'd be like... 60, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd have like 20 more years. Anyway, people, yeah. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think people... Like, you go... Do you, could the movies... To be... I feel like entertained. Yes. And it it's not like it was... Radically different than other Star Wars... And it didn't mess up the storyline like it... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'd just be a really bad movie critic. You probably would. I'd be like, ah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Two thumbs up. <laughs> That's how you rate with <laughs> thumbs. <laughs> I, I don't want to do the five star system. I don't like that. I'm not a traditionalist. I'm know? more of a binary guy. More of a binary guy. Um, I would like to end with a... Uh, this little weird, as I was reading uh, some stories for today, just this little weird excerpt I found in one of the, uh, with uh, in another Dark Lore story. Um, this is this is really strange. Apparently, in June 2013, an ancient Egyptian statuette on display in the English Museum was found to have pivoted 180 degrees on its base. Since, they, since the museum had never seen that happen with this exhibit before, museum officials were mystified, and they had no ready explanation. To help solve the mystery, they installed a surveillance camera to observe it over time in hope of finding the source of that movement. Indeed, time-lapse video showed the statuette shifting on its base very slowly over many hours, yet there was still no obvious cause for the shift. Some speculated it was the result of vibrations triggered by passing museum goers or a nearby transit train. While, while still, others clung to a more paranormal explanation. It says, whatever the reasons, the sheer unusualness of this event invites us to consider a possible symbolism. What does it mean that this story became such a media sensation right now? This is talking about when it happened. One possibility is to look at the larger historical context around the time it happened to see if other events might shed some light on it. Several weeks later, Egypt went, underwent a profound transformation as mounting public pressure forced the removal of its Islamic-leaning president, Mohamed Morsi. Could it be that the about-face of that statue in the Manchester Museum was somehow a portent of a political reversal? Uh, about to upset Egypt, Egyptian culture itself. For the symbolist, it's an intriguing possibility. Now that was from a story that was talking about synchronicities. What is that? A synchronicity is like um, actually gives a definition, but it's like a um, it's like a meaningful event that's um, that is correlated. Just find the definition hmm. here. The simultaneous occurrence of events that appear significantly related but have no discernible casual connection. Yes. That's oh, so like uh Yeah. So yeah, so the Swiss psychologist Carl Jung um defined a synchronicity simply as a meaningful coincidence. Coincidence. That was the hmm. that was the word I was searching for. Yeah. I said that was kinda crazy. <laughs> 
So yeah, that like sleep eh. on that. Yep. Imagine if you're the person watching like the TV camera as this thing is just. Well, that that's you were you were reading it, and I was just shaking my head like, please, like don't. <laughs> what what? Why? Dang it! Like I know. Also, I don't think a people moving by this thing. I imagine it was in a glass case with you know alarms and stuff. People. Yeah, that would be interesting to know more about. Holy sh! <laughs> Holy cow! Are you guys yeah, no, we are. are right now. You scared the shit out of Kyle, though. Jesus, dude! <laughs> I literally. Told oh you my god! <laughs> our other roommate Elliot. So we, uh, uh, the way our, uh, holy cow! Is the show on our I'm house? sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, the show. So uh, in our house, we have an alarm system where if you open the doors, it you know the do- door people have door chimes. Yeah. I did not hear the door chime, and Eric and I hear someone coming up the stairs and like kind of rattling around in the hallway, and I. Dude, my fight or flight went to, like, fight, and I was ready to, like, <laughs> throw down. Well, I appreciate it. I'm pretty full. I wouldn't have been able to fight. Oh, man. Dude, I just got... I'm going to have nightmares. I'm sweating. <laughs> You're <laughs> such a bitch, dude. Uh, Who cow. did you think it was? Holy cow. Fucking hell. Oh, dude. That's a good way to end it, though. Oh, Elliot, man. do you want to say hi to the listeners? Hey. <laughs> Um, yeah so we're gonna wrap it up um, thank you guys for listening I would like to make an announcement we are on Google Play now oh yes um, and and Google Podcasts Google is starting their uh, world world domination yeah, phase you know, uh, 26 phase podcast. 26 <laughs> the podcast yeah you know they couldn't let Apple uh, why, why would they why, why would, would they? they there's no reason to so yes uh, Apple we're on iTunes uh, Spotify um, Audio Boom Stitcher Catch us on Google Play and Google Podcasts. And Kyle is still coming down I will, from that adrenaline rush. I, I have a, an update. We oh, have yes. a we have a friend from the Isle of Man. Um, this is going back to last oh, week. Good call, good call. Um, going back to Jeff the Mongoose, and he like knew exactly what it was. He did. He sent us a link of a like a media uh-huh. a media website that's um, called Jeff the Mongoose. Yeah, that is just like a just like a thing it's on the Isle happening. of Man like yeah. people just know like what that is like I guess it's there yeah like Bigfoot you know yeah, like I people yeah I would think so I mean, the, I mean you gotta lay claim to that if it's on the Isle of Man it's, it's not a big area that's true yeah so thanks uh, Sam Black for that for that shout out um, and yeah hope everyone has a good weekend and we'll catch you next week